of what they were singing was talking about, you know, our journey um, and the journey that we're on and the journey that uh, uh, that we take in life. And um, I, I want to, uh, and they didn't know I was, I was preaching this, uh, but it just kind of works together like that sometimes. Um, but uh, I want to, I want to uh, preach you a message this morning. Uh, it's going to be a, a two-parter as it usually is. This morning and then again tonight uh, on advice for the journey. Advice for the journey. We're on a journey. We're all on a journey. Whether you are a church-going person or you're not church-going person, whether you're saved or lost or whatever you are, you're on a journey. We're all on a journey. It all looks a little bit different. Um, and uh, sometimes... That journey takes us to the mountaintop, and uh, it's a great view from the mountaintop, right? Things are great from the mountaintop, and um, everybody loves uh, the blessings of the mountaintop. But sometimes the journey takes you through uh, the valley and through hard times, uh, through hardships, and uh, through the difficulties of life. And um, one thing that we, we must understand, we get it, I think, on the mountaintop. We, 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 we get this part on the mountaintop, but often forget it when we're on the journey either going through a valley or headed to a valley. Uh, sometimes we forget that... Um, God is God, whether you're up on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley. And um, he's not changed. He is, the Bible says about Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's a God that does not change, though the things in this world change, right? I mean, the, the weather it, it changes, uh, you know, um, gas prices. I stopped to get gas yesterday, and, um, and I thought to myself, when did it go? I don't think I paid $3.29. When did it go to $3.29? It just seemed like it was prices change in the grocery store, right? We change. Whether you like it or not, you may not like it and you may reject it for the rest of your life. But every year, you get a year older. Now, you could say you're 39 from now until you die. But the point is, every year you get older. And the older you get, now, I never believed this, ever. And I, I, listen, I was so tired of old people saying this. Now I'm the old person, and I'm saying it all the time. The older you get, the faster it goes. And I mean, it just seems like I just turned, and now it's my birthday again? How is that possible? Why? Because in life, Things change. Seasons change. Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about that, right? Uh, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a time and there's a season uh, uh, for everything. But one thing that's always constant, one thing that always remains the same is God. God 
never changes. That's why you can always depend upon Him. That's why you can always trust Him. That's why you can always lean upon Him because God never changes. Think about this. When it comes to advice for the journey, advice for the journey, when you know, go. It's real, real simple advice. When you know, then go. When you're in doubt, cry out. I made them easy to remember. When you know, just go. And when you're in doubt, cry out. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. I charge thee, therefore... Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Can, can, I, can, I, can I say it like this without... Altering the word of God, for the time has come. It's here, folks. People do not want to listen to preaching. They don't want to hear sound doctrine. Hence the reason you see these mega churches that have tens of thousands of people in them. And what the preacher says, you, from the Bible, you could put in a thimble. He says a lot. Now, don't be able to understand me. They say a lot of things. Uh, a, a, a lot about, you know, how, how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And a lot about how to, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, and uh, how you can do this and how you can do this. And, and self-help and, and all these things. But, man, when it comes to the Bible, people don't want to hear what God has to say. Now, they, listen, they want a Bible. They, they want to have a Bible. They just don't want to pay any attention to the stuff that's in the Bible. They want the concepts of it. They want the ideas of it. But they don't want sound doctrine. We have arrived, and I'd say for probably quite a, quite a while, uh, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know what that means? Make me feel good. Make me feel better. By the way, make me feel good about myself. Listen, most of us, I'm not saying everybody, I'm just telling you most of us as human beings don't need any help with self-esteem. Probably more often than not, we think more of ourselves than we actually should. But if we come into a church, we want the preacher to get up and we want him to preach on love and we want him to preach on grace and we want him to preach on forgiveness and we want him to preach on mercy and we want him to preach on long-suffering. We want all these things. But man, the moment he gets up and preaches on sin, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You've gone a step too far, preacher. When he gets up and he preaches on the wrath of God, 
Well, that's not my God. Well, then you have the wrong God. Look at the Bible. The Bible talks about the wrath of God. The Bible talks about the judgment of God. Do you know, if you don't know this, you really need to understand this. As a saved person or as a lost person, one day you are going to stand before God. At a judgment. And it's not the same judgment, by the way. If you're saved, you're going to go to the Bema seat. You're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. If you're unsaved, you're going to go to the great white throne judgment. Do you know the great white throne judgment? We don't like to talk about that one. But you know that's a judgment without mercy? There's nobody at the great white throne judgment that's going to stand at the great white throne judgment and is going to be saved. I hope you understand that. The great white throne judgment is final. That's it. You are either already you've been saved or you're already lost. Boy, we, we, you stepped over the line. You, we want the preacher to preach on love, but we don't want him to preach against divorce. We want the preacher to preach on mercy, but we don't want him to preach on same-sex marriage. Now, you're, just, you're stepping over the line, preacher. But wait a minute. What does the Bible say? If the Bible says it, then we ought to know it. If the Bible says it, then we ought to be standing for it or against it according to what the Word of God says. Itching ears. If the preacher did not step on your toes, he probably did something wrong in his preaching. Listen, I want you to understand something. It is... Just as much your responsibility to be prepared for the, ser- for the sermon as the preacher's responsibility to be prepared for the sermon. I heard a preacher say this years ago, wrote it down uh, in my Bible. Uh, we get nothing out of the sermon because we put nothing into the sermon. We get nothing out of the service because we put nothing into the service. Did, did you pray? Did you prepare your heart? Did you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart today? Because sometimes there's things that we don't even realize that we need God to reveal to us in our hearts. And he often does that through the preaching of the Word of God. It's through the foolishness of preaching, the Scripture says, that men and women are saved. I'm thankful for music. I am. I love it. And the older I get, yeah, anybody, is this, this happening? I am, a, I, am, I am nearly an emotionless person. I don't say that proudly. I don't say that negatively. I just, I'm, just, I'm just not. I was brought up to believe. I was, I was taught that men do not cry in public. You don't do it. I mean, if you want to cry... You go to the bathroom or you go somewhere else. And I'm telling you, there's been times where, uh, you know, uh, I, was, I was sent out of the room as a, as a child uh, because you just, you just didn't do it. And so now, man, it takes, you know, it takes a, it takes a lot for, for, for me to cry. The older I get, almost a Hallmark, Hallmark commercial makes me cry just about anymore. Isn't that crazy? I'm sitting up here uh, listening to that song, and, and, uh, and every time I hear Emma sing, it's just a heart of thanksgiving. 
that she wants to use what God has gifted her with for the Lord and to see her stand up here and saying, I mean, she's saying nothing but a hound dog, I'd probably cry. <laughs> you might cry too, but I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I would, I, I mean, I'm just so proud and, and I'm just fighting back these tears of when he says to me, you go, of course, um, she met this cat over here and they're getting married this year and uh, we're so excited, excited for him being a part of the family and, uh, and uh, but you know, she's, she's my baby. She'll always be my baby. And uh, Wendy said, I came across this song I want you to listen to. Three words in, I paused it. I said, are you out of your mind? I'm not going to listen to this song. It's about her being in pigtails and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, You're, you've got to be joking me. Let me tell you what my biggest goals are. To walk down the aisle and not make a fool of myself. I got to walk, I got to walk her down the aisle. We get, we get emotional, don't we? And we get these uh, emotions that, 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 come into our, uh, that come into our lives. And sometimes they're good emotions, sometimes they're bad emotions. But if we're not careful, we'll be controlled by our emotions. Make me feel better. Verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. They'll believe anything other than the truth. Just give me anything other than the truth. Why do you think so many people believe in evolution? Well, because of the science behind it. Have you really done your research? The science behind it? Let me tell you why people believe in evolution. It's an alternative to the truth. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying all people do. I'm just telling you. A lot of people do. Verse 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to unto all them also that love his appearing. Advice for the journey. Advice for the journey. Think about it. Think about these, uh, uh, think about these few things. Number one, when you know, go. If you're in 1 Timothy, just go over, uh, uh, go over a page or, or two or uh, uh, however many pages it is to, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 in verse number 12. If you know, go. Paul said this, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Let me tell you what God's people need. They need confidence. They need confidence. Now, not confidence in yourself, but confidence in God and confidence in God's word. Confidence in believing, confidence in knowing that God is in control. Biblical confidence, biblical confidence has nothing to do with self. And I'll tell you, 
We need to be, you look up confidence, you Google the word confidence. There's a lot of self-help stuff when it comes to confidence. You just need to be more confident in your ability. You just need to be more confident in yourself. You just need to be more confident in who you are. But I'm here to tell you, biblical confidence has everything to do with the sovereignty of God. Romans 8, verse 28, But all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. You see, your journey, the journey you're on right now, through the providence and sovereignty of God, God is working all these things out. He's working them all out for your good. For us that love God. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Is it not? Sometimes it's hard to wrap your brain around things. Okay, so it's not really hard to wrap your brain around things when something good happens. Mm, yes, I love it when something good happens, right? When you get something unexpected, when you get a gift, when something happens that, 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 that's good in your life, and, or when you save money somewhere, or, or when you get an unexpected tax return. We're excited. At the end of the year, we, by the way, we don't do our taxes until like just before tax day because we owe every year. And one year, they, we did our taxes, our tax uh, uh, person did our taxes and sent back and said, you don't owe anything. I unashamedly did a jig. I was so excited. I mean, I said, I cannot believe it. She's been our tax person ever since. Just awesome. We love that, right? We don't love it when the tax person comes back and says, uh, you owe $5,000 more this year. You're fired. Yeah, I'm going to give somebody else that's going to make me pay even more, right? And so you owe it, you owe it. It's the bottom line, and we don't always wrap our brain around it. Our daughter, our, our middle, who's in Louisiana, uh, right now, and uh, she's doing well, and so thankful for that. Uh, she called me the other day. She was at Target with some of her some of her uh, friends that she's met there in in Louisiana, there at the church, and and they're in Target, just kind of just window shopping. And she called and said, "Dad," she said, "Have you done my taxes yet?" I said, "No, no, I haven't done the taxes yet, uh, sweetheart." She, I said, "Why?" She said, "Because I need money." I said, um, you know you're not going to get any money back. Oh, I paid so much. Listen, clueless. Clueless. The entire year last year, she's going to kill me because she's probably watching this. The entire year last year, she paid out less than $100 in taxes federally. Now, she paid out some Social Security, but sweetheart, you don't get Social Security back. It's not how that works. But she has this idea, and so don't a lot of people. Let me tell you something. All these people are getting like $4,000 tax returns. I don't know those people, but there are people out there that are doing it. That's got, you know, 16 kids and, you know, and all the earned income credit and all these different things. Yeah, they're getting back these great big tax returns, but they work all year. We don't always understand, do we? 
As much as we try to teach, and as much as we try to get it ourselves, sometimes we can't wrap our brains around it. Why do I have to go through X, Y, Z? So-and-so doesn't have to go through that. I mean, she hasn't gone through that. He hasn't gone through that. I'm a, we don't, hopefully don't say this out loud, but I'm a better person than that person. I mean, I love God better than that person. I give more than that person. I do more in the church than that person. Because somewhere along the way, we got in our minds that our journey should never have difficulties. Somewhere along the way, we got in our minds that our journeys should never have valleys. They should always be mountaintops. But two things. One, that's not true biblically. And number two, that's not true in life's experiences. We are going to have tribulation, Jesus said. We are going to have persecutions. We are going to have problems. If you know, then go. It's kind of like being saved. If you know that you've been born again, and by the way, can I say this? If you don't know that you've been saved, if you don't know that there is a time in your life where by faith you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and your life for the forgiveness of your sins, if you don't know there's a time that you've done that, then you have not done that. There's not a person sitting in here, listen to me, there's not a person sitting in here that's always been saved. There's not a person in here. I don't care what the person next to you is saying. I don't care what the, your family members are saying. I don't care what your coworkers are saying. There's not a person in here that's going to get to heaven because they're a good person. Let's get this cleared up real quick. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none. Those are definitive words, by the way, all and none. There are none that are righteous. No, not one. Not a single person is righteous enough to get us to heaven. So when we look, our nose, look down our nose at other people, listen, this is what I say when I, say, when I see people that have a harder time than I am, uh, but by the grace of God, God, there go I. I could be there. I could be facing those same things. I could be doing those same things. I could be in that same circumstance if it wasn't for the grace of God. And I, I want you to know something. We are all capable of sin. And we all have sinned because we've fallen short. But Jesus Christ is the answer. I want you to understand something. Is through the years, as much as we've tried to find the answer to life and find the answer to this journey that we're living on and find the answers to, to all the things that are going on in life, if we could just find the cure, there's always been a cure. There's always been an answer. And His name is Jesus. He's the answer. He's the answer to your problems. He's your answer on how to get to heaven. He's your answer on how to get to God. It's not your winsome personality. It's not your 
actions of coming to church or giving in the offering or are doing the best that you can. Oh, I'm telling you, church, the best of intentions can't get you to heaven. The best of people can't get you to heaven. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus said it clear, didn't he? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come from the Father but by me. Jesus said, he is the way and the only way. No in whom you have believed and be persuaded. You can talk me out of a lot of things. Probably not a lot of things. You could talk me out of a, maybe a few things. I'm a pretty stubborn kind of person, pretty pig-headed. But you could probably talk me out of a few things. If you give me evidence of some things, if you tell me that such and such needs to be done to my car, I'm probably going to believe you if I think you know something about cars because I know nothing about them, right? And so if you, if you tell me something about uh, something that needs to be done uh, uh, in my house uh, uh, with the flooring or the sheetrock or so, something along the lines of, of construction, I don't know much, you could probably convince me. You're wasting your breath. Wasting it. If you think you're ever going to come to me and convince me that I'm not saved. You know why? Not because I'm a good person. I fail just like you do. We all put our pants on the same way, don't we? One leg at a time. But let me tell you what, you know, let me tell you what we know. We know who we believe. My salvation isn't based on Joe Springer. My salvation is based on Jesus Christ. Joe Springer changes. Changes probably more than he should. Joe Springer changes. He evolves. I know we don't like to use that word, evolves, but that's what we do, don't we? We get older and we begin to lose our hair. We get older and we, our eyes get weaker. We get older and our, our joints begin to hurt. We get older and things, right? I'm glad. Listen to me. Aren't you glad that one day you're going to have a new body? Who in the world wants to keep this one? I mean, just raise your hand and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping this body. No, I keep a body. I'm looking forward to getting a new one. Right? Why? Because everything always hurts. Why would you want to go into heaven with everything hurting? We get new bodies we get we're new creatures uh, in Christ all these things are move, are are new and God makes them new and we are ever changing in this world God never changes he is the same if you know it's the will of God think about this if you know then go if you know it's the will of God then step if you're not sure it's the will of God, then stop. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. If you, if you know it's the will of God to go forward, then go forward. If you're not sure it's the will of God, then slow down. Be careful. It's time God's people be goers. James 1 and 22. 
What does the Bible say? That we're to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. We like to listen. We like to hear. We like a, a good message, like a good sermon, we like a good talk, whatever you want to call it. We like, to, like, we like certain people, right? Most everybody in here has heard David Jeremiah and loves David Jeremiah. David Jeremiah is one of very few. I tell you, it's very rare to find a, a writer that's a good writer and a good speaker. It's very difficult. He's one of them. I mean, we, we listen to these preachers and we think to ourselves, man, man that, that was a great message, but what did it do? Because if it just went into your ears and went out the other one, then what good was it? Sometimes we hear, sometimes we know, this, this, is, this has happened to me. I don't know if you got saved the first time you ever heard, but I did not. And sometimes we know what we need to do to be saved, but we don't do it. We put it off. We know what we need to do to serve the Lord. We know what it is to be in the will of God, but we ignore it and we don't do it. God tells us to do certain things. Why aren't we doing them? We know it's right to do it. And him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's not only sin to do things that you're not supposed to do. It's sin to not do the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. They're called sins of commission and sins of omission. God said, do it, then do it. God said, go, then step. Get moving. Get going. I remember years and years ago, we were, I was in the military. We were over in England. I believe it was England. We had this great big fair. It was the first time I'd ever been bungee jumping. And we took us into this this, this cylinder-looking thing, and it was on a great big concrete pole, and it went up, and it was a big thing of water underneath it, and it took you all the way to the top. Get to the top, and this is not the United States, and so there's little, their laws are a little bit different than they are, and so they just put things around your ankle. Here, when you go bungee jumping, it's a whole harness thing you got to be in, and I mean... So they just get it on your ankle. Well, I've never been before, and I'm, not, I'm okay with heights, and I'm not, no problem with heights. This has been lots of years ago. I wouldn't even go in the cylinder now. But anyways, it, lots of years ago. I was in my early 20s. Took us all the way to the top. I mean, it didn't look high until you got up there. Look down. By the way, they always make you pay first. Very smart. At that point, I didn't care about the money. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to pass. I'll just go back down. He said, and I, remember, I remember what this guy said. He said, listen, all it takes is a step. Just one step. And, you know, out into the abyss, but it just takes one step. You don't have to worry about the next step because it only takes one step. And I remember standing there, and I was standing there on the edge like this, and my feet were kind of over the edge, and my, the balls of my feet were on the thing, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but 
that's an awfully dangerous step. And I'm contemplating, and the guy's behind me saying, look, you've already paid for it. You're not going to get your money back. You'll, you'll be glad that you did it. And I'm like, I don't know. And boom, he kicked me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I could not believe it. It was one of the greatest times I've ever, I've ever had. I mean, the adrenaline was awesome. I'm glad he did it. Otherwise, I'd have killed him when I got back up there. But you know what it took? It took one step. Do you know, sometimes when we take that one step, we don't know what the next step's going to be. But then God reveals what that next step's going to be. And then we take another step. God's not saying... God's not saying, okay, here you are. I'm going to show you all the way down to the, end of the other end of the church. But he does say, my word is a lamp under your feet and a light under your path. Now, Lance, that, that light is not, a, is, not a, is not a flashlight, right? What is it? It's a lantern. Shows your next step. You want to know the next step? You're going to take the next step. And the steps of a good man. They're ordered by the Lord. And when you get to that next step, then, then you, you, you want to know what's hard to do? Hard walking around in the dark. Isn't it? Now, you can kind of get used to it a little bit. But man, it just takes one thing to trip you up. It just takes one thing to be out of place. It just takes, you're walking, right? Over, the, over here, at the, we call this the missions house. We call this the barred house because we lived there and Forrest lived there and we only are borrowing the house. So we always call this in the barred house over here. Well, the, the land over in the barred house is completely uneven. I mean, there's sinkholes everywhere. Now, when you walk in there, when you walk through the gate, it looks even. When your eyesight stinks... It really looks like it's fine. But have you ever been walking and you think that you're walking on something solid and it's not there? You about hyperextend your knee or twist your ankle? I'm going to fill that thing in because I, every time I come in here, I've said a lot of times I said that. Because along life's journey, if you're not paying attention, if you don't have the light, if you don't have the lamp, along the journey of life. There are potholes. There are bumps in the road. There are curves. There are twists. There are hardships. There are all these things that happen in life. And what do we need? We need the light of God in our lives. It starts with salvation. It starts with being saved. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? I'm not asking if you're a good person. I already know you're not a good person. You can't convince me that you're a good person. We are all by nature wicked people. Our righteousness, Isaiah says, is filthy rags. Our heart is above all things desperately wicked. That's you. That's me. Now, I get it. We can look at people like Hitler and we can look at people like Joseph Stalin, we can look at all these people and say, man, those were wicked people. You are wicked, as wicked as they are. By nature, it's who we are. We're wicked people. I'm not asking you if you're a good person. 
I'm asking if you're saved. Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Do you know that you have a home waiting for you in heaven? Jesus Christ has made the way. Jesus Christ came to die for your wickedness, for your sinfulness, and he he has taken your place. Aren't you so glad for that? Aren't you glad that he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God? Not your righteousness, but Christ's righteousness imputed to your account. Put onto your account. Know that your sin's forgiven. Know that you're saved. Get it settled if you haven't already got it settled. It's the beginning of the journey. It's beginning of the way. It's beginning of this life that we go on. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but praise God, we know who holds tomorrow, and He will guide our steps. He will guide our ways. If we'll just keep our eyes upon Him. If we'll just follow His lamp, His light, His path. If you don't understand, preacher, I've been following his path for a long time and life's been difficult. Welcome to the Life is Difficult Club. As I can tell you, anybody that's in this room that has lived any amount of time can tell you. Life's hard. It's unfair. It's difficult. It seems like there's more valleys than there's mountaintops. I mean, it just it's just part of this life. And just because you love God, just because you serve God, just because you give a, some jingle when the offering plate goes around, just because you show up for VBS or, or show up to do the nursery or show up to be a trustee or a deacon, has nothing to do whether, whether, whether you're going to face difficulties or not. Because man, we can serve God, and we can serve God, and we can serve God, and man, we can still get hit with problems and struggles. I had somebody, somebody asked me, only young people, only, only young people just come out with what, whatever, whatever they want to ask. But I, I had, I had a, a young person in our church asked me, they said this, um, if you go blind, are you going to still preach? I said, well, <laughs> I hope so. I think it's going to probably look a little different. I mean, things are probably not going to be, uh, I'm not looking to go blind, hopefully and prayerfully, right? But what if you do? It kind of hit me between the eyes a little bit. What if this happens? Things are going good now. Remember when you were young? Remember when you were, I'm talking about young. Right? You just think you're young. We're all getting older, right? I'm talking about when you were young, when like 50 was old. That young. Remember when you were young and you thought, man, I am invincible. I mean, I can do anything. I can go, nothing's ever going to happen to me. Kyle's got a friend who's a diabetic. She's a type 1 diabetic. 
she does not take care of herself at all. She eats sugar after sugar after sugar. She'll come into work and she'll have a, a great big milkshake and she'll and she'll take her she'll take her pin because you have to have these got to have these pins and, and, and they have a thing on the end and, and you turn it to whatever your carbs are going to be. She takes hers and goes trrr, 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 until it stops. <laughs> Sticks herself and then eats up. Let me say something. She's 19 years old. 19. So listen. I actually had a discussion with her. So let me tell you something. When you get older, you can't hardly walk on your feet. When you get older, your eyes start going. When you get older, your kidneys start to fail. By the way, those are the first three things that go for a diabetic. When they have to start amputating, when they have to start doing this, when they have to start doing that, it's going to be too late to take it serious. Life's hard, folks. Life's difficult. I mean, who knows what you're going to face? Who knows what we're going to go through? But if you're, if you're on the journey that God is sending you on, it may look like diabetes. It may look like sickness. It may look like a, a, a period or a time of X, Y, Z in your life. But God is working all those things together for good to you that love God and to you that are the called according to his purpose. Let's bow our heads for prayer this morning. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, without hesitation, can I tell you this morning with confidence that God loves you? And can I tell you this morning with confidence that it is God's desire that you be saved? It's God's desire that you come to repentance. And if you'll call upon his name this morning, he will save you. How do I know that? Because Paul said that if he saved me, who is the chief of sinners, then he can save anybody. And can I tell you with Paul, if God could save me, me, Joe Springer, I can promise you 90% of you or more wouldn't want to have nothing to do with me before I was saved. Nothing. I was a terrible person, bad person. If God can save me, I promise you, he can save you. I'm not sure I'm saved, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Just to slip your hand up this morning and right back down and I pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I see your hand. I appreciate it and I'll pray for you. Is there another? I'm not sure about it, preacher. I'm not sure I'm saved, but I want to be and I need to be. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up long enough for me to recognize it and write back down this morning. What a privilege it is to know that our sins are forgiven. What a privilege it is to know that one day we have a home waiting for us in heaven. 
But until that day, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. And if you know, church, if you know, then go. It's time to take steps. It's time to go forward. It's time to walk in the will of God. To be a doer of God's word and not just a hearer. Let's get busy about our Father's business. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed. Instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. Can I invite you to come this morning? If you don't know that your sins are forgiven, if you don't know that you have a home waiting for you in heaven, 